So, let's see, to get started, the subject of this, I guess, podcast recording is um, psilocybin. Basically, my experiences with psilocybin. Um, I do, I, I want to start off this episode, this first episode, by talking about actually how I discovered psychedelics, um, which I think is an interesting and unique viewpoint. Um, I also eventually, one, one thing I do want to get out there is I want to try to consolidate my thoughts on Christianity and the psychedelics, and I want to see how I can integrate them into each other. Um, I'm, I'm a fairly conservative person. I grew up Christian, and I still consider myself a, a very strong Christian and everything like that, but I need to reevaluate, I guess. This probably sounds really bad to any fund- fundamentalist Christian is going to say, you know, why do you need to reevaluate? Well, psychedelics, uh, <laughs> they make you reevaluate. Um, so uh, these things need to be, um, need to be reconciled, uh, psychedelics and Christianity. And so that's going to be like a huge, huge theme, I think, of my recordings going forward. Um, but for now, let's just start out with um, how I discovered psychedelics. Like I said, I think it's unique. I was a police officer for three years. Um, as a police officer, I was fortunate enough to be able to take some um, some drug classes. Uh, um, one of the last classes I took when I was a police officer was the DRE class, and um, our school, DRE school. And it's just drug recognition expert. That's what DRE stands for. If you ever come across a DRE on the side of the road, um, they're going to perform all sorts of tests on you to figure out exactly what drug you're on, you know, if you are on a drug and driving. Um, So the DRE school, this is kind of where they all started and everything. This is how I discovered um, psychedelics. So I had never done any drug ever. I never even smoked a cigarette. Um, and here I am in my uh, mid-30s as a police officer <laughs> and, uh, you know, going to a drug school and learning about drugs. And it's quite fascinating. Um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of officers who still believe in the whole war on drugs and everything like that. And that's a huge motivation for a lot of them. There's also a lot of officers who are just interested and find them fascinating. And um, I'll get to that when we get to the actual hallucination or hallucinogenics, psychedelic category. Um, But basically, uh, the way the government views drugs, as they say, a drug is any any substance that when uh, taken into the body will affect the person's ability to drive. That's a drug. That's, that's the definition of a drug for police officers and the government. So any substance uh, that when taken into the body um, will affect the person's ability to drive. So that's, it's like a really, really broad blanket for what a drug is. Um, it includes things, and they even talk about this in the, in the class, in the school, 
um, things like nicotine and um, caffeine are considered drugs that you can be arrested for driving on. I had an office, or one of the teachers of the school said that, yeah, he, he got a conviction off of somebody who drank like 10 Red Bulls like within a half an hour or something like that and was driving and basically they were jacked up on it and it's considered a stimulant, a caffeine is. And so he got a conviction. He got a conviction because he was able to prove that the person had um, basically was unable to drive due to the fact that he was on the caffeine. Um, so it's really interesting. It's also really, I don't know, a hypocritical. It's not hypocritical. I don't know if it's hypocritical or not, but just how do they determine like what drugs are useful and not useful and you know because you can you can get prescriptions for you know all sorts of depressants you can get prescriptions for all sorts of narcotics um and stimulants as well you can get a prescription for stimulants Uh, now depending on what state you're in you could get a prescription for cannabis um or you can or you know you might just have a state where it's recreational but so there's a lot of different um, there's a lot of different drugs out there. In fact, there's there's hundreds of drugs just in the depressant category of the DRE school. Let's go over that real quick. Let's go over the the different categories that DRE creates. So DRE takes all drugs and basically mashes them all into uh, seven categories. And the categories all make sense because basically a drug the drugs only produce x amount of effects on the body and so when you see those effects you know that's how um, you can determine what drug somebody's on so the the first category is depressants which includes things like alcohol but also includes things like uh, xanax or prescription drugs like that Um, there's a few like illegal drugs in there too but a lot of those a lot of those are illegal actually the depressants are a lot of them are prescription uh, drugs uh, the second category is stimulants, so that includes things like cocaine and meth. Um, there are a few legal versions of stimulants. Uh, the third category is the hallucinogens, that's our psychedelics, and we'll get into that category pretty pretty hardcore. And we'll, well, we'll, we'll just go over it more in depth in, in hallucinogens. Um, so the fourth category is dissociative anesthetics, and it's basically just PCP. Um, that The category used to be called PCP. Um, because it was its own thing, but now there's been a few other drugs that um, kind of mimic PCP. So um, then you have the next category is narcotics. Um, that's heroin, methadone, things like that. Um, then you have inhalants, which is the second to last category. Inhalants. That's the most dangerous category right there. Um, inhalants. That's when uh, one of the one of the parts of inhalants is like when a kid goes to Walmart and grabs a duster, you know, one of those, um, those spray cans for it to clean off your like keyboard or whatever. They take those and they inhale those. And what that does is that literally deprives your brain of oxygen and it literally kills your brain cells and that's how you get high. Um, so inhalants is like <laughs> the most dangerous category um, out of all these. Um, and then uh, uh, cannabis is the last category. We all know about cannabis. I don't need to go too much into depth into that. Um, although I would like to talk about cannabis later 
when I get into some of my trips, I did I have taken cannabis with psilocybin, and the effect is incredible. Um, it's much different. Um, but anyways, uh, so let's, let's go back here and let's talk about the hallucinogen category. So what they do when they're teaching these um, categories, I mean, the classes is several weeks long and they go over the drugs, they go over the names of them and everything like that. The hallucinogen category is probably the most sparse and least information-based category that they have. Is the government and the police, to be honest, just do not know a whole lot about them. They don't know as much about hallucinogens, I mean, as, as basically anything you can find on YouTube. I mean, you can find people on YouTube that uh, know way, way more about hallucinogens than, than the police do. Um, let me take a look at my book real quick here. I'm going to open it up to the hallucinogen section. And like I said, the, the whole section in the DRE book, it, it's, it's so sparse. Uh, they get a few things right. They talk about synesthesia, and they get that right for the most part. You know, the mixing of the senses and everything like that. That's incredible. I had a my second uh, trip. I, I think it was my second trip. I watched an Elton John concert uh, on my TV, and I cranked up the music. And when I closed my eyes, the sounds like I could see the sounds appear as colors. And it was incredible. And I could also feel the sounds. Um, so that was a really, really interesting trip. Um, that, was, that was one of the ones I was like, okay, I need to keep exploring what's possible here. Um, but anyways, uh, back, to the, back to the book here. So a couple things. The reason why they call the category hallucinogens and not psychedelics is because what they believe what the police and the government believe is that these are hallucinations that you have, basically. So while you're on a psychedelic, they believe that you're basically just hallucinating. And they say their definition here in the book is a hallucinogen is a sensory experience of something that does not exist outside the mind. So, I mean, that's an interesting, that's a very, very interesting definition of a hallucinogen, a psychedelic drug. Um, they go on to mention a couple things here about which senses are affected, and I think they get this wrong. Um, now, this is my my experiences, but they say that you can they can affect your sense of smell and your sense of taste, which those are two senses that when I am on psychedelics. Or at least when I'm on psilocybin, I haven't taken any other psychedelics, I've only taken psilocybin, but when I'm on psilocybin, my taste buds are, I want to say they're either normal or they're slightly, like, dead, dented, they're dead, deaded, you know, they're, they're not very active, and I certainly don't taste anything extreme or, you know, don't get any extra tastes or anything like that. The same thing with uh, the sense of smell. I like to smoke a hookah like as I'm on my way up um, on the trip, and as I'm smoking out of the hookah, you know, like the flavor is either normal or slightly deaded, you know, and the sense of the smell of the hookah is also, you know, deaded or 
just not there. So um, that's one thing I think the hallucination, or they get wrong on the hallucinogenic category. Uh, especially like, if, man, if, if you take DMT or if you take salvia, you know, and you're shot out of your body like that, I mean, the sense of smells and sense of taste, it just, it's just not there, you know. So I think they get that wrong. Um, let's see. Let me, let me turn a couple pages here and just kind of see what they got. One, okay, so the, like I said, they, they believe they, that these are hallucinogenic. Yeah, <laughs> my dog's starting to get a little twisted here. They believe they're hallucinations. So what they say is, there, is it's basically a psychedelic is giving you three different like outcomes. Uh, they either think that you're uh, delusional or you're seeing illusions or you're becoming um, psychomimetic. You're ba- basically you're, you're having a psychosis attack or something like that. Um, so the first part, delusion, right? So for them, a delusion is a false belief, right? The example they give is they say, I am an elephant. So you could possibly have a delusion where you say, I am an elephant. And, man, we, we go all the way into this, you know. And one of the things as, we'll, as we go along is I keep kind of describing my trips and everything like that. I... I very much come to believe that some of these things that I see are definitely real. Um, that's a ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a hard one to um, to grapple with, and that's that's one of the things. That's why I'm creating this podcast or this recording here is, and and I have to tie this back into Christianity as well. You know, like I said, I consider myself still to be a strong Christian, but I need to um, put together these things here, these things I see when I'm on psychedelics, when I'm on mushrooms, when I have that, you know, five gram heroic dose with, you know, marijuana, um, I go to a place that seems just as real, if not more real, than uh, than our world or where we're at now. <laughs> so, um, so that's something I have to, I have to grapple with. Um, so what the police would say or what the government would say is I am delusional. They would say that you are, um, you're basically crazy. You're, you're, you're seeing things that aren't there, you know, or you're believing things that aren't real. So, uh, that's what, uh, that's the next part. That's illusion, right? A false perception. So illusion is a false perception a misrepresentation of what the senses are receiving. So their example is, I see an elephant, right? So now this is interesting. Anybody that's taken psychedelics or anybody that has, or even if you watch, I I remember watching a uh, TV show, it's on Netflix, it's called Have a Good Trip. And on there, Carrie Fisher's talking about her experiences um, on acid, and she talks about an acorn, and the acorn is really there, right? She she's saying, you know, I don't see things that aren't real, you know, I don't see things that aren't there in the real world. Um, it just those things take on a different life, um, and I can I can kind of relate. There's a difference between when you're actually like on DMT when you're like shot out of your body. Um, uh, which I have experienced the same thing on the psilocybin um, versus when you're on a lower dose 
2.5 grams maybe of psilocybin and you look around your room and I'll look around my room and I'll see my like I have some furs that are hanging on my wall and I have some uh, deer antlers and things like that and I have, I have like these um, very highly decorative um, curtains when I look at them these things um, do seem to take on a life of their own but none of them like change into something they're not you know what I mean um, at no point in time does like one of my furs like get up and start walking around the room you know that's not something that happens um, so that's something that I don't think the government or police officers quite understand they don't understand that kind of stuff that part of it um, all right let's get a little bit further into the book um, like I said they they believe that um, these hallucinogens uh, which you know going forward I'll be I'll, I'll just be calling them psychedelics but anyways uh, they believe they're psycho psycho mimetic so what that means is it just mimics psychosis so what they believe is happening is you are having a psychosis attack you are basically um, I don't know. I, I, I guess they would understand that it's temporary, although I don't know. I don't know how far they go into stuff like that. I mean, I remember when I was in the class and I was learning about this stuff, and they're talking about it. Um, they kind of implied that basically you could get stuck in a trip forever, and we know that's completely untrue. Um, that's, that just doesn't happen. You don't get stuck in the trip forever. You do come back to this world. Um, so, and, and at that point in time, I guess they think you're gone or whatever, or something like that. They separate the, um, they separate these hallucinogens, um, psychedelics into two categories. You have natural and then you have synthetic. Now they consider LSD to be a synthetic. I know it's technically from, you know, a fungus, but, um, but they consider it to be synthetic. Um, so anyways, the, the natural ones are obviously psilocybin, which is the most popular one, but they also got peyote and salvia in here as uh, a couple things. A couple things that I like that they get into this book that they do get right, but it, they're just like footnotes though, but they, they do talk about their historical use a little bit. It says, let's see, it says, uh, mushrooms have been used in Native American religious ceremonies for thousands of years. And then for salvia, it says, uh, salvia, salvia divinorum has been used by the Mazatec Indians for its ritual divination and healing. So um, they have a little bit of that in there. Um, and, but these pages are like, these pages are like six sentences worth of information, really. I mean, see, there are over 800, or 185 known species of mushrooms that contain psilocybin and psilocin. Yeah, that's right, I guess. I mean, it's just... Um, let's see. They talk about salvia only having 15, 13 minutes of uh, activation time, really, which is kind of—I guess—that's good. Huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, they mentioned a couple other naturally occurring hallucinogens like nutmeg, jimson weed, morning glory seeds. Uh, my, <laughs> it's funny. My mom tells a story of when she accident, she accidentally took uh, jimson weed. Uh, which is interesting um and she did not like that so then we get into the synthetics and that includes like in mdma they consider lsd a, a synthetic and um so 
Uh, and, th- and another thing is, a lot of this information is outdated. They don't really talk about DMT in here anywhere. In this entire book, um, God, I mean, a DMT, I, I, it's like mentioned like once or twice at most. You know, so it's not, it's, I, I guess they don't really know too much about it, really. They consider these other things to be more prevalent, MDMA and MDA, 2CB, LSD. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not seeing anything. They talk about mescaline, of course, that's what comes from the cactuses. Um, that's really, really interesting that they don't talk about DMT in here. I'm really, that's something I'm just now noticing as I'm going through this. Yeah, that's crazy. So it just kind of shows how far behind they are, right? I mean, DMT is probably, I mean, that's the one that Joe Rogan talks about the most. So it's probably the most popular um, out of the, uh, you know, out of the the newer American-based, you know, psychedelics here. Um, So that's pretty interesting. They don't mention anything about ayahuasca in here, of course. I assume they... I assume ayahuasca just isn't on anybody's radar in America as far as, you know, policing is concerned. So, let's see here. Okay, so now, when I'm going through this class, like I said, this class, uh, the DRE class, is several weeks long. And you're learning about all this stuff. And some of it's interesting, some of it's not very interesting. Like, some of it's really dull and boring. They're going over human anatomy and everything like that and how it all works. Most drugs um, most drugs affect other parts of your body. What's interesting is hallucinogens don't appear to affect other parts of your body. They appear just to affect your mind, which is interesting. Um, and that's been my experience also on, um, on psilocybin. The effects that I do end up getting on my body are mostly reconnection type stuff, like my brain trying to reconnect to reconnect to the body, but my body appears to be normal. Um, that's pretty interesting, and that, that's pretty much how everybody describes it, I believe. You know, I mean, I guess on ayahuasca you get like nauseated and everything like that, but the nauseation is not a not a product of the drug itself. It's more it's more like the in, ingestion of the you know of these strange plants. You know, the same thing when I when I take psilocybin, I, every once in a while I do get a little nauseated. It doesn't appear to be a, an effect of the drug itself of the of the psilocybin going into your brain. It appears to be an effect of the fact that I'm eating this nasty tasted mushroom. You know what I mean? That's you know kind of light and fluffy and 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 crispy and kind of in your stomach. <laughs> you know, so I think that I think it's the other things that are causing you to get nauseated um, when you take these kind of substances but I don't know for sure that's something that's something maybe I need to investigate a little bit more if anybody knows any more maybe you can contact me um anyways so in these classes and this is almost every drug class I took in law enforcement they always show the video of um the guy smoking salvia in his car right he's just there he, he does the joke hey I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke salvia I'm gonna drive the car and then uh, he smokes the salvia, <laughs> the cat jumps on the hood, and, you know, he can't move for 15 minutes. And, uh, and then he does the gardening video, too. And uh, the guy appeared on, uh, what, Hamilton's Pharmacia um, episode on salvia. So uh, that video is shown to every law enforcement officer and almost every single 
um, drug-based class that he goes to. So we all see that. And one of the things interesting about Salvia is Salvia was legal <laughs> in all 50 states, like, you know, just a few years ago. And so one of the questions we ask is we're going through this, and one of the things we have to know is we have to know what schedule of drug something is, right? Psilocybin's a schedule one drug. Well, salvia, we asked, hey, what's salvia? What level drug is it? And the teacher didn't know. The teacher didn't know um, what classification salvia fell under. And everybody started to look it up, and they're like, okay, well, is it illegal? Is it not illegal? The government, the federal government, hasn't classified it into a category yet. Um, now, certain states have have tried to put it into categories themselves, and so it's restricted in certain states and not in others. And so when we found this out, a couple people started asking. A couple of the other officers in the class with me started asking, <laughs> What, what do you think we got a hold of some of this stuff you know what I mean some of them were saying it in a joking manner obviously um but I think some of them were serious about it some of them were serious about it and it caught me it caught my attention because I, I kind of keyed into that I kind of keyed into the people that were saying it a little more a little more sincerely they were just kind of saying hey what if what if we went and tried this stuff we're learning about all these drugs and how they're affecting your body and everything like that. Now, some drugs I would never, ever want to take, you know, any of the narcotics, you know. It, I mean, they're addictive, you know, you can you can die on them, you know. Uh, the, de the depressants can really, like, destroy the chemical makeup of your brain, you know, just, like, get you to a point where you basically you have to be on them in order to survive, Um there's things like that with the depressants. The stimulants have incredible amounts of, um, of addictiveness to them. And, and, and what it is, it's a physical thing too. That's, a, that's one of the things that we were learning about, you know, with these drugs. It's just like the narcotics, you know, is they're so, they're so addictive and it's a body addiction. You know, meth, it's a, you get your body physically has to have it in order for you just to survive. You know what I mean? So it's, it's incredible. Alcohol is addictive. Um, and one of the things that a lot of people don't admit but is, is absolutely true is, is weed is also, marijuana is also addictive. Um, so now the interesting thing that we found about all the hallucinogens is, whoa, they're not addictive. Okay, hold on here. So we're looking at this from a safety perspective, you know, as officers, you know. And we're like, okay, out of all the drugs, you know, this, this is a conversation that we had. Out of all the drugs and the drug categories, which ones would you be willing to try? Everybody said hallucinogens, you know. I'm sure a few people said cannabis or something. Some of them have obviously smoked cannabis in the past, you know. I never had. So, um... So those, the, that was it. So it's like hallucinogens because they're the ones that are going to do the least amount of damage to you. So me, <laughs> I've got to take it a step further. And um, I end up asking um, a girl that I know um, who, uh, anyways, I, she's just a girl I know at the time. Um, later on, she becomes my girlfriend. She, and she's, she's now my trip sitter. Um, but at the time, I just kind of asked her, I said, hey, 
do you know anything about salvia? Is there any way you can get a hold of some salvia? And um, she said, I'm not for sure. I don't know what that is. Is that like, is that a, um, a strain of weed? Because she smoked weed and I knew that. And that's one of the reasons I asked her. She smoked some weed. And so um, I said, well, no, it, it's, it's something completely different. It's not marijuana. It's its own plant. It's different. And she said, I don't know. I'll ask around. She asked around. She couldn't really find anything. And me and her kind of sat down one day, and I kind of told her about all the stuff I learned in, um, in DRE school, about all these drugs and everything. And I was mentioning a couple of the other hallucinogens and everything. And it turned out she had a friend who did know how to get some psilocybin mushrooms. So we were like, okay, that's interesting. Let me do a little research. I start doing research. I find, as soon as you type in psilocybin into um, uh, YouTube, first person that's going to come up is Paul Stamets. So I sit there and I start listening to a bunch of Paul Stamets stuff. And I'm like, whoa! I'm like, my mind's like blown away by all these, like, all this information that I'm getting about how it's, uh, you know, creates neurogenesis. It like, uh, <laughs> like that was one of the things that caught me right there. Neurogenesis. When he started saying that stuff and I actually kind of like paid attention to like, what is he talking about? He's talking about your brain, like making new connections and growing, you know, because as an adult, you know, your, your brain stops growing. And um, he's talking about being able to cure Alzheimer's. And I know my dad has, um, he kind of has a slight memory problem, you know. It's it's not bad. It's not like Alzheimer's or anything like that. Um, but like me and the family are worried that eventually one day he will possibly be susceptible to getting Alzheimer's. And I know myself. I also kind of have a shaky sort of memory in general. Um, like I tend to forget things I don't want to remember. I don't know. Maybe that's everybody. Um, but, you know, my memory's not, not that great and everything. So I'm like, hey, psilocybin. Okay, now I'm coming up with a, kind of an excuse. You know, I'm coming up with an excuse in my mind of, of how I can try these. Um, I also kind of learned a little bit more about... Um, I'm, I'm a Native American. Um, I actually took an ancestry test and found out how much Native American was, which was a lot more than I thought I was. Um, I was kind of under the impression I was only about you know, 15% Native American, and it turned out it was a lot, lot more than that, but on both sides of my family. Um, so anyways, uh, so I also kind of looked into that. I'm like, okay, you know, um, and my tribe is actually from Mexico, which was also another thing that kind of connected me. So, so everything's kind of coming together. It's kind of connecting, and I'm coming up with excuses on why, okay, I've never had a drug before, Maybe I can try one of these, you know, maybe I can try psilocybin and maybe this stuff will work Another thing that really intrigues me about it One of the things was synesthesia is they sit there and they when they talk about they're talking about You know seeing sounds like that sounds crazy like what are you talking about? You can see sounds, you know the 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 concept the idea kind of blew my mind and I was kind of like I never realized, like, you know, you could do something like that on psychedelics. Um, so anyways, uh, so anyways, we get a, we end up getting a hold of the mushrooms, and 
uh, at the time I'm still a, I'm still a police officer. Yeah, I was still a police officer, and I uh, and we sat down in my living room and we turned on uh, heavy metal, <laughs> which was it was just it was the best thing I could think of that I was like stereotypical, just like you know psychedelic. That's what I thought of. I thought of heavy metal. Um, the, the cartoon from uh, whatever the 80s or whenever it came out, 70s, 80s. Um, so I thought of that, and uh, I only took a very, very small amount. Um, so okay, I, I guess we're going over my first trip here. Everything. Um, I, I took a very small amount, and I saw the colors, you know, slowly change on the TV and everything, and and. Um, it was a it was a very pleasant and fun experience to say the least. Um, I, I'll get a little bit more into it later and everything like that. Uh, I think the point uh, and the point I want to leave off on this podcast, I, I kind of want to stop it about here, is is mostly I was going over, you know, the fact that I was a police officer. That's where I got the concept and I was introduced to the idea of psychedelics, you know, and I was introduced to kind of what they're capable of, I guess, and what were the risks involved with taking them, and what, just just kind of what they, I mean, this is the most basic sense, too. I mean, this is, this is really, really basic um, of what I, what I was able to find out, you know, because uh, as I went along, you know, obviously, as you start getting into those heroic doses, things start to change rather quickly and you start to realize well everything I thought about or knew about these things was uh, a <laughs> was radically radically different you know um, so yeah um, I'll leave it off there I think that's a good stopping point and we'll just say we'll just say I think it's a unique perspective that I went from being a police officer um, to where I am now uh, with psychedelics, and I can go into it deeper. I mean, we we could. I, I really want this. Um, I guess this podcast to focus on eventually uh, Christianity and its relationship to psychedelics. That that's that's something I have to mirror together, and so that that's that's the main point of this podcast. But I would absolutely be willing talk more about police and drugs, the war on drugs, things like that. And these are things I have experience in. You know, I was, I arrested people for, that were on drugs. I arrested people that were on drugs driving. I arrested people that were on drugs that were not driving. Um, so I have a lot of, ex- or a decent amount, you know, like I said, I was a cop for three years. So I have a decent amount of experience when it comes to those type of things. It's not it's not like the ultimate be end all end all or anything like that. I'm not I'm not like a, an absolute expert, but I have enough of an insight onto it that I think it could be helpful helpful for some people. So if you guys want to hear more about that, let me know. Um, but uh, um, next time, I think I want to get into maybe a few of my trips. And kind of the direction and themes that they followed, because they seem to follow a very, um, a very specific pattern, and it's a pattern that I've studied, um, basically listening to people like Jordan Peterson, um, 
other people that believe in like archetypes, the Nunian archetypes, uh, the shadow self, that kind of stuff. A lot of that stuff follows, and it seems to be correct. So I need to kind of integrate that into probably the next episode. I'll, I'll start talking about some of my trips, how they went, and uh, how how I integrated them into, I guess, my life as well as as well as my just psyche and my concepts and predictions of the world and etc so anyways all right thanks for anybody that listened stuck around this long (laughs) appreciate it